0: Welcome
1: to another episode of Gratitude, everybody. Today we have Josh Simons coming on the podcast. Welcome.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the invite. I'm thrilled to be on here. Can't wait to chat with you all.
1: I know. I feel like it's been so long. Like, this has been a long time coming. I don't know why we haven't chatted yet officially on the podcast, but here we are finally.
2: There we go. Let's do it.
1: (laughs) Okay. First and foremost... This is something we ask everybody in the beginning. Tell the people a little bit about your journey into physical therapy. And of course, well, we'll stop there. We'll start with that. We'll start with tell the people your journey into physical therapy.
2: Okay, it's a bit of a winding journey. That's, is that okay? Do I have time to work with? Yes. (laughs) In undergrad, I went to James Madison University and I was, I started off in computer science. It was nothing related to physical therapy at all. But I switched after the second semester of computer science because I just hated being behind a computer for pretty much all day, every day, just coding and coding. There was obviously a really good future to it, but I just didn't like it. So I switched to exercise science because it was something that I was doing a lot of of exercising every day and i didn't even know that major existed so i did that and during the course of that i did this personal training gig at the the gym that the um the the university gym and i was working with this guy and his goal was to lose he didn't have a number per se but he wanted to lose a lot of weight he was he was uh, uh definitely above what he wanted to be and he wanted to shed some pounds so I helped him along and over the course of a year, he was able to lose 75 pounds, which was fricking awesome. But there was one thing that always uh, held him back to an extent and it was, he always had this, this low back pain that he couldn't figure out and frankly, I couldn't figure out and he, and he didn't really tell me about it until probably halfway when we were training together. And as a personal trainer, you're not, you don't have the skills to be able to deal with that. So he told me that. And I basically was just like, that sucks. I don't know what to do about it. We're just going to keep doing what we do. And hopefully it doesn't, it doesn't surface to any severe level. And that's what we went about doing. But after, after a few weeks of that, I started. I didn't have any inclination inclination to do physical therapy at that point. I I didn't know what I was doing. I was bouncing around all different sorts of healthcare professions that I could do, or I was simply just going to do personal training. So I was weighing out my options, and that's when I figured personal training would be a good. I'm sorry, physical therapy would be a good step for me but i went i shadowed at a physical therapy clinic because what better way to figure out if you want to do something than to see the environment so i did that and i hated it it was terrible it was one of the worst shadowing experiences i've had it just the no one seemed excited to be there it was very bland and after that, I was like, "Well, shit, this seems like a terrible career. <laughs> like why do I want to do that?" So then I switched and i and I thought about doing physical medicine and rehabilitation physician, uh, but I didn't want to go through the the eight years of schooling that it would the eight extra years of schooling it would take to do that. It wasn't until I graduated undergrad, and I still didn't know what I was going to do, but I figured i would I would just work a couple jobs and see what resonated my friend told me about this physical therapy job not as a physical therapist but as a as an exercise specialist so I I don't know how they got away with it but basically I was doing everything that a PTA would do and and they paid me as such so I wasn't like (laughs) opposed to it and in any case so I did that and after a year of doing I thought I could see myself doing this and so that led me into the, the PT school, um, arena. Wait, do you want to know how I like journeyed into PT school or like where I'm at now? All of the above. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So, so I'll just keep going. Yeah, You
1: can keep on going. <laughs> Love <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. So I get to PT school, by the way, PT school is probably the best time I've ever had in my life. It was obviously there was a lot of 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 work involved, but I met so many amazing people. I really clicked with my class and I still do. I keep in contact with a good amount of them. And despite the fact that obviously it does require a lot of studying and a lot of work, I still made it a priority to find social things to do with people because especially when you're in a scenario where you have so much common ground with people. It would be almost criminal to not try to build relationships with people, not even, per, uh, not even professional, but personal relationships with people just so that just to have people to, to hang out with. And I was fortunate enough to be in Richmond, Virginia, which is a fricking amazing city to live in. Uh, just from the standpoint of having there be lots to do there's a lot of culture there and so there were a lot of different activities i was able to and events that i was able to do with the people in my class Uh, but the the pt school experience for me was was great i i wanted to well i never had an entrepreneurship mindset at that time but i had the mindset to to try to ascend and so with my first year, I wanted to be vice president. and I didn't want to be president because that was too much responsibility. So I was like, let me do one tier below and I'll do vice president. And so I did that and I had to do this speech and I got it, which was awesome. And it was a really cool experience because it it basically gave me a lot more responsibility than I was originally intending on taking on because I mean as you all know the the curriculum itself is very involved no matter where you go I would imagine and to stack that along with the uh, responsibilities of being vice president because there there were a lot because for our school we were very big in the the Marquette challenge and so the the Marquette challenge for those that uh, maybe aren't quite as involved is a, a challenge to try to raise money for research and physical therapy. And our, sc- our school, not to toot our own horn, but we were number one in 20, uh, 2016, I believe. Number one, we were the VCU Marquette. They named the challenge after us. So that was freaking awesome. And so we would, the, re- the way we were able to do that is we had to do a ton of events, so that required an enormous amount of outreach, and obviously the, the the president organizes a lot of that. But I would handle a lot of uh, reaching out myself and and delegating tasks to a lot of the other members on the what do they call it executive board. And that was really fun. I I, I had a lot of fun doing that, but I will say it was incredibly stressful. Uh, what else is there to say? Let's fast forward. We're done with PT school. So we get done with PT school and I moved to Florida and then I decide I was always had a, a, I always had a preference for outpatient therapy as we discussed before (laughs) recording live acute was never really my bag. I had a lot of very unfortunate experiences that I probably, I just won't share on here, but it involved experiences that I just don't wish to have happen again. So in any case, I decided that I should probably do without patient. And I signed on to this this job at a at a private practice. And the the, the one thing that I knew that I didn't want to do was to join a a large corporate outfit for for physical therapy again i didn't have the entrepreneur mindset but i did have that one stipulation that i didn't want it to be some large corporate thing one because i i just and and maybe this is just uh well i did have some experience with clinicals in the corporate setting and one the the pay is usually lower and i get we need to love what we do and blah 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 but at the end of the day you know we need to be compensated for what we do and I don't want to be paid low like, like anyone. I don't think that's a unreasonable thing to want to desire. And so I would get, I got an offer from, I won't name drop, but I got an offer from this large corporate company that starts with a C and rhymes with Dora and, <laughs> and they offered me a really low salary. I mean like embarrassingly low. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So obviously the answer was no. And I found this private practice and it was a much more reasonable offer. And I worked with them Um, and and they had like five clinics in the area. So it wasn't just like one clinic, but it was still like small enough to where everyone knew each other. And I worked there for uh, about a year and a half. About halfway through that, I decided that I needed something more. I always had this vision that I was going to ascend some sort of a a ladder. So I would be a staff BT and then maybe a, a year or two from, from that point, I would be a, a clinic director, work my way up to like a, I don't know what's after that, a regional manager or whatever the hell might be there. And that was really my ambition. Halfway through working at the, the private practice, I, Realize that uh, I didn't. I didn't like some of the aspects of it in the sense that we would see. So for an eval, we would have a, a one-hour eval, totally reasonable. Love it, great. But for follow-ups, we would see three people an hour, and that is very, very difficult. And coming from Virginia they never really had that. In Virginia, all the clinics that I either uh, worked at or did clinicals at, it was at the most one person every 30 minutes. And so having three people at once in a given hour was just a train wreck. And I got used to it and and I pretty quickly, but at the end of the day, I didn't really, I knew that I wasn't giving my best and it's just really hard, especially if I don't have any evals, that's basically 24 people over the course of a day. It's really hard to give 100% of your, your energy and your time to, to 24 people. By the time two o'clock rolls around, I'm already like in a funk. And I already know I'm not performing at my best. And I realized that something needed to happen, but I didn't know what. And I, I liked golf and there's a lot of golfers around where I live. And I figured, well, what if I, I've heard about cash PT, but I wasn't too familiar with it. So I thought about, well, what if I started a program that would cater to golfers that would be a cash PT uh, kind of concept? And so I brought that up to my employer and he was actually really receptive to it. He was like, Josh, if you can get people in the door and you can put them on the schedule go for it. It's all yours. It was great in theory, but it was hard in practice to implement just because the, the admin staff always would try to fill the schedule as, as far in advance as they could. And plus I didn't really have marketing skills. So I was like, how the hell am I supposed to reach potential golfers, especially when I'm new to the area and I just don't have any roots there. So it didn't really pan out. How I wanted it to, I got one person for, for a free session. And the way I charged it, I was like, well, our cash pay rate is for that clinic was $50 if you wanted to go to that clinic. But you're again, you're paired with two other people, even if all of them are cash pay. So I thought, okay, well, let me just triple that amount. And that would be the price for one person. So 150. dollars and that's what I decided to, to charge for. And that's why my employer was on board with it. But long story short, it just didn't work out. And I didn't, I wasn't really sure what to make of it. During that uh, time, I also had joined Smart Success PT, not really knowing what to get out of it. I joined it simply to learn marketing strategies so that I could, so that I could get people into that golf program. Then, Fast forward to Smart Success PT Live in 2018, and after that, wait, was it 2018? It's
1: this year, right?
2: No, that was this year, that was this year.
1: 2019,
2: that's still this year. Yeah, I get, I get get all my years. Okay, that was this year. It feels like such a long time ago though.
1: (laughs) No, that's my reaction too, that's why I'm laughing because like it was only this year.
2: Yeah, holy shit.
1: Yeah, okay, perspective, continue. (laughs)
2: Okay. Yeah. All right. So this year, wow, damn. Okay. So (laughs) Smart Success Success PT Live happened this year. And after that, that's when I kind of had the light bulb moment that maybe I could do this on my own and not have to work for someone else to do it. And so hence, Zenith physiotherapy and sports performance was born. And I decided to do mobile PT for golfers. And that has been uh, pretty good. But it is a slow process. I would say it's still in its infancy. And I've had a a few clients, and it's been a good experience just because it's all all one-on-one, and I, I don't deal with insurance. But after our most recent mastermind event that we had in November, Now that I'm actually getting my dates right. (laughs) One of the hardest things about, for me, and this may not be the case for everyone, but one of the hardest things for me with starting a business and getting it going has nothing to do with the logistics. It has nothing to do with how to market, nothing to do with how do I treat the best. It has everything to do with how do I... How do I find my passion and how do I get my mindset where I need it to be? Because if I had to tell you what the biggest struggle has been, it has been by far without any shadow of a doubt, just my fear of my fear of rejection and my constant self-doubt and that has certainly uh been quite an obstacle and i i've talked to a few other people and it's definitely a big deal and i think one of the biggest i won't say error that i did in the beginning but maybe fallacy that i that i did in the beginning of my business is that i i tried to figure out who who was it who is it that i want to to work with who is it that i feel like i i have a real uh, bond with a real connection with, and I picked golfers, but when I really thought about it and I really dug deep into what it is that I connect with, I was posting a lot of videos about golf on Facebook and and on Instagram, and I realized after two to three after a couple clients I would leave I would leave the session. And I would feel pretty good about it, but something about it wasn't fulfilling. Like there was something about it that was missing. And after a lot of contemplation, I realized that I chose golf. I think I chose golf more as a audience of convenience and not an audience of passion. Because I do live next, literally, almost within walking distance to this giant PGA village uh, that has thousands of of golfers. I chose that because I had this perception that if they can pay for golf, then they can pay for, for cash PT. And it's not to say that I didn't like golf. I love golf and I play it. But I didn't have this deep-rooted connection that they had. They had a serious passion for it. And if they weren't able to play golf, it would ruin them. And I just didn't share that. Like if I couldn't – if I woke up tomorrow and I couldn't play golf for whatever strange reason but I could do everything else, it wouldn't be the end of my world. Like I would live and it would be okay. So then I thought and – I, I tried to brainstorm and, and really reflect that. What is it that I have a passion for? And that was a really hard thing to figure out. And I don't know why. Like most people have a very clear cut passion that that they're really interested in. But for me, it was. I don't know why it, it was just a when I asked myself, Josh, what is one thing that you're super passionate about that is moderately related to physical therapy? It was, it was really tough to figure out at first, and then I realized, well, what is something that I do every day that I would literally go nuts if I couldn't do? And I guess prior, I was thinking more sport-related, but I thought, if I couldn't work out, and I do CrossFit right now, and if I couldn't do CrossFit, I would go nuts. Like, I would flip out, and, and I would hate it. Because when I go more than maybe two days without working out, I get into a funk, a big funk. And I get (laughs) pretty much depressed, like clinically depressed. And then that clicked with me. And I was like, well, shit. Like, if that's something that I resonate so well with, shouldn't that be the people that I try to help that can't do that? And so that's when I, I made the... Decision, And this is a very recent decision. I'm talking like two weeks ago that I've decided to, to make this transition into, um, focusing more on, on working with people who want to be able to do not just their CrossFit workouts, but people who just want to get back to their, their gym routine. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at now. And it's been such a, a, a mental battle and war to try to, <laughs> To try to figure all that out but it's it's slowly taking form and that brings me to to now
0: <laughs> oh this is amazing this is perfect because you don't realize well not I'm not saying you don't realize let me re- let me rephrase that students need to hear that because they come into this idea of I'm Now this is in relationship to like what kind of setting you're like, you know, I, I know I'm going to do neuro when Mm -hmm. I'm in school and I've had that sit on my mind for so long. And then once you realize that, okay, like I'm going on my clinicals or I'm working with this population. And then you're thinking, this is not what I thought it would be. I'm not having this fire and this passion that I thought I knew. And And then you're like, well, shit, what am I going to do? But as you start thinking, okay, like listing out, you know, the reasons or thinking and going through that mental battle, like who do I really want to serve and who do I connect with? And then you figure out, okay, this is not the patient population I want to be with. There is something else. It's so important to know that realization and to have that process and that journey to finally realizing, okay, you know, my initial thoughts weren't what I thought it would be, and your story is—it's perfect for that. So, for all the students listening, and kind of going, kind of going backwards uh, to when you left um, your like outpatient, you know, PT clinic. How was that transition for you? Just going from like, I, oh, okay, rephrase that. Sorry, I'm like actively thinking about this. What was that like for you, jumping into starting your own practice and thinking, okay, this is what I want to do, and have a certain population that you want to serve?
2: Initially, it was something that, uh, when I think about my original thought with with starting a business, is it's something that you do once you've done like everything else and you've sort of mastered physical therapy, air quotes, and. <laughs> I guess when, uh, when I realized that after going to that live event that it's something that you don't need the weight to do and it's something that I can do pretty much right now, I guess the first thing that went through my mind was, holy shit, this is scary. And, but it didn't really hit me. It took me, all right, so, so I sent an email to, to my boss and I was crafting this very elegantly written what do you call it letter of uh resignation a letter of resignation and i was it took me a legit hour to write and it wasn't even long It was like two paragraphs but it was my hands were sweating i was as i was writing it because it's comfortable it's something where i know i'm making a paycheck every month or every couple of weeks and so that was the first that was part one of that battle part two is sending it and i'm if you think about how long it takes to send an email after you've written it, it takes half a millisecond. You just click it. But it took me more than an hour to click that button because I knew that when I click that button, it's done. And I have to go out on my own. And that's really fucking scary. But if you, if you know what you want, and if you know what needs to be done, despite the fact that it's scary, it's something that you just have to do. And it's something that I did. Not easily, obviously, but I would say it's, it's probably, one <clears throat> professionally, probably the most frightening thing that I've done. I'd rather be, I'd rather go through 10 job interviews than have to do that again. Now, granted, I'm really glad that I did it. But all I'm saying is that during that time, it is a really big hurdle to jump over. Because of that, you no longer have that safety net. Now, for me, it's not like I was dropping that job and going, all right, all in, cash-based practice, let's go. I knew that it takes time. I knew that it would take time. And so, I got a, a home health job But little did I know that I would go three months without getting a dollar in income. And that was a massive blow because I did not expect that after leaving my job that I would go that long without getting a cent. And I didn't necessarily account for that in my savings. They always say that you should have six-month emergency fund. Hell no, I don't have any of that shit. I got nothing. I happen to have a little bit saved up just for just for daily life but it was it was really I don't know it was scary I'm probably not answering your question but that's just what's coming to my mind right now
0: you are (laughs) that was that was good thank you
1: you got it and I think it's really crucial for people to hear like the raw reality of what opening your own business is And of course, it's different for everybody. But to hear your story, it's really inspiring for people to just hear a real journey.
2: Well, thank you. Can I say something else that at least helped me along? Yeah. One of the things. So one of the things after it was like three weeks ago after the the mastermind that really kind of nailed home what I needed to do as far as changing my business approach and, and who I serve is I listened to this book and it was recommended by, by Josh Payne and it's called book yourself solid by Michael Port. And so I listened to this book cause I'm an audible guy. I don't read books. I just listen to them because <laughs> now that I do home health too, I got all this commute time so I can just listen to, to audio books. But in any case, I listened to this and it goes through, it's probably one of the best books as far as building a business from the ground up. I'm not kidding. If you, it is literally a fantastic framework and it costs like 15 bucks. So, but I won't get into that. The big thing that I took from it is I always previously tried to figure out my, my audience on what activity I could relate to them with this book took it a little bit different, approached it a little bit differently. And so it asked you, think about, this is what it asked you. It, it asked you, think about someone that you've worked with over the past couple years that you have enjoyed working with ecstatically, but don't think about it in terms of what they do. Don't think about it in terms of if they're a soccer player, don't think about it in terms of if they're a, a, a carpenter or, or whatever, external thing is attribute they're attributed with think about it in terms of their personality what personality do you like working with and really dig deep and into what that is and so i did and immediately i could think of two people that i worked with in the clinic that i would legitimately get excited to work with and it didn't feel like work and that's really what it should feel like it shouldn't feel like work and so I thought about what were those what, what, what were the what were those personality traits? And for everyone, it's going to be a little bit different. Some people prefer more kind of quieter people, more reserved. Some people prefer more gregarious people. Uh, I I leaned more towards. I preferred people who were who were pretty outgoing, people who were uh, not afraid to be themselves, people who who had a a pretty positive outlook on life, uh, people who despite the fact that they were in pain, weren't in some sort of a sob story about it. They clearly knew that there was a way out of it and they just needed a a guide to help them out. And that is really what resonated with me. And I imagine kind of those characteristics will resonate with a lot of people. But then I did dive into how else are they similar? And and I figured I I started from internal and then I worked external. I figured out what was it that was similar amongst them? And they both were service professionals. One of them was a police officer and one of them was a a firefighter. So both of them were in the the profession to to serve other people in that regard. And I thought, okay, well, what else? What else can I work with? And then I realized both of them were emphatically into uh, working out and doing CrossFit. And then that's where I drew the connection between myself. Because not only did I connect with their personality traits, but I connected with what they did externally. So if you start again, this is just what worked for me. And I feel more comfortable with what I'm doing now is I started with who are people that I worked with that I resonated with wholeheartedly. And I got excited to be around. And if you are a PT student and you don't have that experience yet, who are people that you look up to? Who are people that you like to be around regardless? Like think of the, the, the personality traits of your friends, because honestly, if I could spend an entire day's work, just helping people that I could honest, that I could consider my friends, that would be fucking awesome. Like people that I don't even consider clients, they're friends that I happen to help. And, and that, I don't know, that just, I feel like that just makes a difference for me.
0: You can attest to it, but I want to read that book immediately.
2: It's really good. It has probably and it has like a actual workbook to go along with it, so you have actual action steps to take to really dealt, uh dig deep, and figure out what you want to do. And it's I don't know, it's 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 a friggin' steal
1: for the students listening and are like, I don't know what the hell I want to do. That's a good place to start. There you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And now here you are.
2: I was just going to say, consider it like a, a, what it's it's already Christmas break, winter break, whatever you refer to it as. So make that your winter reading list before the spring semester starts.
1: (laughs) There you go, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're here. So tell people a little bit about what you think the next couple months are going to look like, what you're going to be working on.
2: The next couple months.
0: Yes, honestly, far in advance.
2: No, right, yeah. I have to be honest, and that is the next couple months. I'm still brainstorming a lot, just because a lot has happened in the the past couple weeks as far as this whole switch, and a lot of it is working just on on my uh, kind of personal development and being comfortable with doing this switch, and. I don't know, just just a lot of things. I've, I've been doing a lot of uh, journaling and meditation just to work on myself lately. But as far as the, the business goes, and by the way, that that stuff is really important. I already said this before, but it, it's worth saying again, that the best way to build your business is to build yourself emotionally and psychologically, just because of the uh, amount of roadblocks that there are. And certainly some people are a little bit more inherently better able to deal with that. I'm not going to put myself in that category. I think that I personally need more. Uh, I'm more of a person that needs to physically work on that and and have tactics to, to develop that. Uh, I'll, I'll do one plug and then I'll uh, finish the rest of that question is, uh, if you resonate with that, to check out Impact Theory uh, by Tom Bilyeu, is the guy that runs that. And if you do feel like you struggle with mindset or just trying to get into the, the, the right headspace to tackle this sort of a thing, you need to watch one of his videos every day. I'm not kidding. All right, moving back to the question. So I would say for the next couple of months, it's Because I'm new to this whole audience now, it's really just a matter of building relationships with the CrossFit community and gym community, which is just stuff that I haven't done in the past because I have been primarily working with golfers and and aiming to help them. So now it's about helping the CrossFit community. Now, how is that a little bit different? Well, I'm probably going to have to scrap the mobile idea because when you're working with CrossFit athletes, you need equipment that you just can't carry in your car. All right, I am not going to be carrying around an Olympic-sized barbell or rings, or, or even if I had rings, it's not like I can attach them easily in people's home. So I'm looking at options now to running out space in a gym, and I'm starting with the CrossFit Box or group that I'm a part of now, to see if I can get that. I do have a, a little bit of a, uh, somewhat of a, not app, kind of an apprehension about it, just because I, I don't want to approach it the wrong way. Um, so I'm just trying to build a way that it doesn't seem like I'm selling something in it, and it is a seen as an added benefit to to their gym, which which I think is probably the most important thing to do when you set up a partnership with someone. And so I'm just figuring out the logistics of that. And I feel like if I can do that successfully there, then I can do it successfully at other places because my, my current model that I'm seeing is that I'm still technically going to be mobile, but instead of being mobile to people's homes, I'm going to be mobile to different gyms. I'm not entirely sure logistically how that's going to work, but I, I think that is a, a plausible way of doing it. And so a, a lot of what I'm going to be doing in the next couple of months is just hammer and chiseling that, that thought um, to a more refined shape. And
1: for the people listening who are like thinking, oh, maybe I do want to do something like this. Maybe this piques their interest. A lot of people who listen to the podcast will crossfit athletes and want to be working with crossfitters. Um, and many people just want to simply see the option that they can start their own thing. What has been the biggest barrier for you in this process, which you've talked about a little bit, but last time you and I chatted, we, we talked about this as well, about a big barrier you've had up to this point.
2: Well now I'm wondering if it's if I'm gonna say what you That's okay. It
1: doesn't have to be what I'm thinking. Whatever is (laughs) Okay.
2: I'm curious about what you're thinking. But okay. Um
0: I wasn't present for this conversation, by the way.
2: (laughs) No, you were not.
0: not. (laughs) I don't know what's coming. Uh
2: do you mean in terms of like where I'm at now, like what the biggest barrier's been? Or you mean Mm. like just like overall? Overall. Overall. I would say I mean I I touched on this earlier and and this is certainly a more of a a personal obstacle maybe not well you know what a lot of people do struggle with it, it is really just overcoming the the doubt like do am I able to do this like do I have the I'm I'm a year and a half out of school. Like, do I actually have the ability to do this? And, and are people going to trust me? It's overcoming all this bullshit that your mind tells you that you're not capable of doing. And it's not anything that I've even I'll say successfully mastered. I don't think it is something that you you master. I, I really do think that it's a constant struggle. It's just your ability to handle it. And every day. I get better at it, but it's not a passive activity. It's something that I have to constantly work at is overcoming this self-doubt, overcoming this, this, this fear of, of rejection of, of approaching businesses and wondering, wanting to offer value, but then subconsciously thinking that they're going to perceive that I have some ulterior motive and that I'm doing some sort of a hard sell. And it's, it's sort of things like that that have been the largest, obstacles, because logistically, I know exactly what I need to do. I mean, for the most part, I mean, I need help on some things. But if I had to write out a roadmap on logistically what I need to do, and I took action on all those things, and I didn't have any of these mental barriers, I would be light years ahead of where I am right now, light years. But because of, of, of a lot of these mental uh, hurdles that are sometimes a little more difficult to get over, it, it does slow progress. And I've just had to learn to be patient with that and, and know that I, I will admit that this is not an inherent skill set that I have, but it's something that I'm willing to develop and it's something I'm, I'm willing to try to improve because I understand that the profound benefits that it will have not only on other people, but ultimately just on my life in, in general. And so obstacles are largely mental and not so much logistical, at least from my point of view.
1: That's what I thought you were going to go with.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, th- I, I wasn't sure, but yeah.
1: <laughs> I had one more thing in mind. I wasn't sure if you're going to go down this route, but we kind of, last time we chatted, we talked about like the isolation of being a business owner and kind of like breaking out of your shell and realizing, you know, you need to be talking to other people and getting other insight.
2: Yeah, I mean, right. And that that plays a big deal. I I try to do, especially when I joined Smart Success uh, PT, like I said before, I saw it more as a, a means to learn tactical skills, to learn marketing and connecting with local businesses and that nature. And I thought the whole community aspect was just this neat little side dish that you get along with it. And I really took no stock in it because I would see people post, and I'm like, "Oh cool, but I never like this sounds bad, but I didn't care at the time, only because I didn't know really anyone in it like at all, and I didn't get the benefit of it and it wasn't until joining a mastermind program that I realized that the real benefit is being able to to talk with others about what you're going through, and that's not something that i'm really good at doing a lot of the time. And I, I won't blame it on me being an only child, but <laughs> I will say that I feel like maybe that is partly a reason why. And, and I just don't always like to share uh, kind of like emotionally what I'm dealing with. But I think what I've learned to realize is that there are countless other people that are in the same boat. And there are a lot of other people that are dealing with the same shit and going through all those trials and tribulations that, that I'm going through and being able to share that and being able to go through that with people and work on a, a solution to that because some people may have strategies to deal with things that you may have never even thought of before. And to be able to have that dialogue with people is, is, it's 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 really powerful and cathartic to be honest.
0: So I'm gonna say one thing because when you said only child and not <laughs> I'm the same person. Oh my Are you an only God. child? I am. <laughs> no wonder it I thought it was just me to be honest.
2: You have to resonate with that then a little bit.
0: Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. But, it's you know, hard it really is it really is and having having a community and having the trust and the relationships to to actually say you know the the bad shit, the good like it's so important and everybody in our circle right now like we're all going through you know we may have different like businesses but we're all going through a lot of the same things and it's just it's good to know that you have those people and for people listening like you have you probably have like a few really good people who you can trust and you can go to and in regards to that keep them close like do not lose those relationships because when Oh man, when you're doubting yourself and when you're going through these thoughts of what if I can't do this and you need someone to first of all snap you out of it and be like, all right, stop it right now. And um and really just give you that positivity and just help you grow and just become you know the best version of yourself. So
2: yeah, I agree. And one of the most striking things to me is as much as i love 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 my family they are not the people that i rely on for this support and i think uh, that has also been one of the the barriers that i have is is again maybe an only child syndrome or, or whatever the case may be but anything that i do in my life I have this subconscious need to need to please them and to do something that I feel like is in their, not best interest, but something that they 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 would approve of. And in the beginning, they were very skeptical uh, about me doing this to an extent to where I didn't really bring things up with them. And, you know, you can deal with this in several different ways in the sense that you you can either talk to them about it. Um, that honestly is a strategy that I have not done, or you can just kind of leave them out of it and, and do what you want to do. And I've taken the, the ladder, I've taken the road on the, on, on that ladder aspect of things. And it's not to say that it's a, it's a bad road to take, you know, part of, part of me wishes that, uh, I could chat with them more about this, but I just don't have that. So in any case, b- before I get too like emotional with this, all this to say that sometimes the people that, that you, you need to, to build you up, it may not be your, it may not be your family. I'm, I'm going to be blunt. In fact, it may be your family that's holding you back. And when I think of all the things that I post on Facebook and all the live videos that, that I do, uh, the, the one thing that has always held me back from posting a live video immediately versus waiting 30 minutes and rehearsing it is thinking about what do my parents think of, what would my parents think about what I'm posting right now and how are they going to perceive, perceive what I do because my friends, I don't care. Um, other people, I, well, I care about them, but their opinions of me, I don't care so much about, but for whatever reason, and obviously it's because I love them, uh, their, their opinion I do care about, and it's almost to an extent to where it does hold me back sometimes. So if that is the case with people listening, just know that that is a honestly a common thing that I've heard. that it's I'm a, an example of that, and I know countless other people that have to deal with that, and you have to make the choice that you can either tell them what you're going to do, and they can take it or leave it, or you can just kind of leave them out of it and they can find out passively through Facebook or, or whatever the case may be. But at some point, if you deal with that, you're going to have to make one of, t- one of those two decisions.
1: I think that's a tough decision people don't realize. And it is not to say that when you leave um, your parents out of it, I'm putting quotations, no one can see them, but you guys, but <laughs> when you leave them out of it, that's not to say you never, ever talk about it. Like, I'm the same way. I don't bring things up to my parents. But if they ask about it, I will give like little details. Right. And then of course, that's how I am with anybody. If somebody asks me about something, I will talk about it. I'm not trying to hide anything, but Mm -hmm. if they're not gonna ask, I'm not gonna talk about it.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. That that's kind of similar to to what I am. If they ask, I'll certainly tell, but I, I probably won't offer up the information and in, in casual conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. And for all of the students who are listening, you have given really awesome insight and advice, but what is the overarching like one piece of advice you would give for PT students who are, you know, maybe going through what we're talking about talking about, especially in regards to school and figuring out you know what you want to do and may not may not be what you think and what are your what is your advice
2: <laughs> for PT students in general yes oh, that's really tough one overarching piece of advice I actually really have to think about this <laughs> you um, could,
1: we could rephrase it a little and think what do you wish someone would have told you in PT school that would have really made a difference
2: well from I guess it it would have been it would have been really neat to know that the option of even opening a business prior or like right after graduation is even a thing because maybe if I would have known that then maybe I would have tried to seek education in that like you all are doing like you know about this stuff and you're in PT school. So maybe if I would have known about that during PT school, I would have pursued it sooner. But it's not even to say that I regret that because, you know, at the end of the day, and maybe this is the advice, is that entrepreneurship is not a race. And I, you know, is my business growing as fast as I want it to? No. But, when you when you start getting into this, you're going to have goals and then you're going to meet goals. But then you're going to have more goals and there's no end point ever. It doesn't matter if you end up making a million dollars a year, $50 million a year, you're going to end up saying, oh, well, how can I double that? How can I get more? How can I help more people out? And it, it's one of those things where I think people think that there's an end goal to to starting a business and 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 getting uh, and helping people and, and getting what they want out of it, but there's not. And so if it goes slower, or if it's faster, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You need to if there's one thing that I would say, it's just please try to savor the moment that you're in because if there's one thing that leads to to A poor emotional state, it's dwelling on the past and dwelling on the future because no one ever pays any attention to the present. And so, honestly, if I had to give advice, it's like, please just savor PT school. Like, just enjoy it. You may want to run a business, you may want to be the best PT in the world, but please just savor where you're at, because I promise you, your life will be an amazing, a much more amazing experience if you can take the time to do that and not dwell on your future goals, at least excessively.
0: That was great. That was good advice. And for everyone listening right now, where can they find you? Because like, people who are listening to this are going to resonate resonate and where can they find you on social media to talk with you more about what they're going through?
2: Sure. Yeah. And I would love to chat with anyone who is, uh, you know, having similar difficulties. I, I love chatting with people like seriously. I'm not just saying that if you want to reach out, I would be glad to chat. Uh, you can you just search Josh Simons on Facebook. You'll, you'll see me there. You can add me. Personally, you can go to my business page so facebook.com/backslash zenith. Oh, am I going to get this right? Zenith DPT and uh, Instagram. I'm at Josh Simons PT. What else? You can email me at uh, josh at zenithpt.com and. You know what? Hell, if you want to text me seven zero three four seven two two four eight nine. Seriously, if, you, if this is something that you want to talk about, please, if and just reach out to me. Love chatting with people. There's my number. Boom.
1: Boom, and it'll all be in the description below. So, ten years from now, you're gonna have random people reaching out to you
2: and I'll <laughs> if you don't change your number. <laughs>
1: That's no, that'll right. be great. Thank you so much for coming on, Josh. It was great to finally chat officially on the podcast with you.
2: Yeah, this was really fun. Thank <laughs> you for the, for the invite. I appreciate it.
0: Of, of course. course. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists.
0: If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.